0: so we Mm -hmm. thought it's amazing we're gonna have adventure and imagine we were building our tent for maybe half an hour then we went for sunset and then we came back with a car we couldn't find our tent for 30 minutes (laughs) because it's just so dark and then when we decided to you know lit the fire and sit around we realized how dark it is around and like we Mm see nothing and nobody and it's just the forest we have no clue what kind of animals are there and then we freaked out so we ended up sleeping in the car.
1: Hey folks, welcome to our show, African Nomad Podcast. This is a monthly show committed in helping you rethink and redefine your idea of traveling and having adventure in your life, expanding your view, desire, interest, and pushing yourself to go out of your comfort zone. It's your boy Abdul, your host for the show. Welcome on board and let's get ready to take off. Hello and welcome to African Nomad Podcast. Today we're going to have on our show an amazing traveler and adventurer. Her name is Greta Kessa. Greta is a passionate problem solver who loves to speak up and make things happen. She is originally from Lithuania and is now working in Malaysia with a passion for leadership and developing over at MindViolet. 5.5 months into being a customer support specialist, she's got an opportunity to lead the whole department and become responsible for customer support operations with people management in MindViolet. One year after, our responsibility level extended to customer success experience, where our main goal is to cooperate with other stakeholders within the company to solve the main customer pinpoint. Greta is especially interested in leadership, aptness, and people empowerment. She's been actively writing her insight and sharing stories on LinkedIn. In addition to that, Greta is working online courses in Lithuania, Pivoting her own happiness coaching program, performs Bollywood dances and leads Zumba lessons as a licensed instructor. Greta is a happiness and leadership coach, the offer of 12 week happiness coaching program and the head of customer experiences at Mind Valley. So please, dear Nomad, welcome on our podcast, our beautiful Greta. Hey Greta.
0: Hi. Happy to be here. Hey, how
1: are you? Welcome on our show. How do you feel?
0: I'm good. I'm very, very excited. I'm looking forward for this conversation. Thank you for having me here.
1: Thank you for joining our show. We are also excited to start this beautiful episode with you and great. So first of all, I would like to help our audience know more deeply about you. Of course, I've been through your bio, but maybe you can tell us more about you, where you're from and Maybe tell about your life before starting your adventures and everything.
0: Sure. So I was born and raised in a tiny country in Europe called Lithuania. And I say tiny country because usually when people ask me where am I from, no matter where I travel, right, or even here in Malaysia. And when I say Lithuania, everybody's like, Romania? I'm like, no, Lithuania. Yeah. Slovenia? Slovenia? no Lithuania so it's it's a pretty hard process for me to explain where I'm from and then I just say uh we're this is a small country from Europe only 3 million people but it's still lovely uh, so yeah, so it's actually sometimes pretty hard to explain where I'm from. Pr- plus, the name in English it's very hard for people to pronounce. You know, it's Lithuania. I don't know why it's so difficult. Okay. <laughs> it could be just Lithuania or something, but it's pretty difficult. Uh, so yeah, I I was uh, born and raised in the fifth uh, largest uh, city, or rather town. And uh, my parents both are Lithuanians, and um, I have uh, eight years younger sister and you know i was i think living pretty a usual life i i would say uh, i was living in a pretty privileged um you know family that i had roof over my head i was supported you know i i really loved my childhood i especially loved taking care of my sister when she appeared in the world and i was feeling like i'm really uh you know close to her and then the school and of course university and even though you know my parents uh, especially mom wanted me to to study abroad and even for 18th birthday she got me my astrologic horoscope or something which says you know wow. where I'm meant to be
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. and
0: and this horoscope said that I'm meant to be somewhere abroad I actually said mom it's nonsense I'm a patriotic person I'm gonna stay in Lithuania <laughs> so I stayed okay yeah so I stayed and I said I'm not gonna study abroad but look where I'm now Malaysia huh so I guess mom's know better <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure Uh so definitely, uh, like she wanted you to travel and study abroad because of maybe some perspective that she wanted for you. And then now you're in Malaysia. But then is this, is this mom's decision to start traveling or is it you who started traveling? And how did it come into picture? How did it come into your mind that you started traveling and leaving your country as a patriotic?
0: <laughs> yeah I, I don't think it was mom I think I was going against everything uh, almost everything what my parents were telling me because I thought you know I need to be rebellious and I need to live my own life and mm-hmm. all those things but I think you know my school years were pretty usual and I was not finding my own place I didn't feel like I truly belong even though I was a good student I was trying a lot of you know different dances debates club and everything but I wasn't feeling it's my place to shine however when I entered university I also joined huge uh, student organization called isac and uh, hey, I know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I didn't tell you in the beginning but I'm also part of isac I'm will now actually <laughs>
0: it's amazing so for me Isaac like it changed my life I have to say that you know and uh, it opened me it opened to me so many opportunities both for personal growth you know leading a huge team like 40 50 people local comedy while being what 20 years old I guess and all also if I look now I think majority maybe 70% of my best friends now are from Isaac. My husband is from Isaac so it's like
1: wow okay.
0: It's a huge influence and if if we have any people who are listening and they're like students and they see this organization just go there guys like it's It's really going to shift your life. Please
1: join Isaac.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm not having any affiliate links or anything, but just from the bottom of my heart. And you know, and this is how I started traveling because after my first course in university, I decided to go for exchange with Isaac uh, to volunteer in Turkey for seven weeks in in Daly's summer camp. And at that time I was 19. It was my first solo trip to a country that I have no clue about, apparently to the city, which is not not famous at all in turkey where they are not very familiar with foreigners i got a lot of attention because i was very very different in terms of like my my skin my appearance and i didn't think i i would be so different but you know in istanbul I, I couldn't feel any differences but in that city that was a bit harder and there i faced a lot of culture shocks and that was my first big experience where it got me super curious to travel the world even more and you know and explore and just be super open because before that, I had trips, you know, with parents, with my dance classes, but this was the real eye-opening because I was on my own.
1: Well, that's great. So can you elaborate a little bit more about your experience as a person who joined Isaac newly and then discovered um, different experiences through your trips um, with different person you met on your way? Can you tell us, can you take us through that journey? How did it go?
0: Sure. So I remember, like, I really wanted to be part of sales team in ISAC, but I got into projects team and then I cried. (laughs)
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> even though even though you know it was all good and amazing eventually but i thought like i i, I meant to do sales but well mm-hmm. so that was very interesting um, uh, situation because we also uh, got a lot of interns from around the world joining the project so i also got to travel the world through their eyes you know because i totally believe that yes we can travel the world with a lot of means of transport and go to different places but also the more we get to know different 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 people like diverse people from across the world we can get to know the world through their eyes especially now right when the world is going through crazy times through pandemic we can still meet people online and hear their stories and kind of travel in their stories together with them so that was like a huge shift for me as well and then after meeting them and talking to them I was like wow I actually would like to be one of them going on such you know volunteering experience so this is how year after I went for my Turkish experience that was also like very very challenging situation a lot of challenges along the way but also a lot of learnings that actually led me to the decision to create similar daily summer camp in Lithuania for Lithuanian students and actually I I didn't see anything similar at that time and mm-hmm. it was back in 2012 I guess and we decided to do that and only because I decided to go and explore and learn something about Turkey learn something about how they do summer camps learn something from I think 40 different people from different countries I brought back this project to my country and that's
1: your country, yeah. you
0: know one more example how we can not only travel and just take it in like input 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 but we also can deliver an output and output and bring those learnings from our travels or adventures back to our countries. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, 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 I see it, definitely. But you were talking about challenges. Can you go deeply? Because, yeah, of course, you said uh, it's a different place, a different cultures. And uh, how? what were the real challenges, the main challenges that you, you've met on the way? And how could you overcome these ones? What was your state of mind in front of these challenges? And how did you overcome these ones?
0: Okay, so where do I start? <laughs> (laughs) 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 Um, So, first of all, I was living in a family, right? And as much as everybody seemed to be excited about this fact, later I realized that the family itself was not very happy with my presence overall and with the fact that I'm going to live with them for those seven weeks. And uh, they agreed to that only because the son of the family, you know, was, was kind of, how to say this nicely, was part of uh-huh. Isaac and uh, he needed to bring, uh, you know, an enter to his home. So that oh, was kind okay. of a muster, a rule. And I noticed that later on when I noticed how, how different we are and that I'm not feeling very, very supportive, let's say, you know, and then I don't uh-huh. feel welcome. And especially this uh, living in someone's home thing became tricky when, of course, maybe I have certain habits that are weird for them or maybe they have something that's weird for me and when uh, we live together under the same roof for a while and um, it gets into tension plus we didn't speak the same language because only the person from Isaac was speaking English so kind of we all the time had this challenge of actually speaking to each other and imagine a situation when you kind of I don't know you're irritated by certain action of the person or you want to give the person feedback you know maybe even from the place of love but you can't and then you keep it for yourself and and then this barrier can actually cause a lot of strong emotions I would how I live with that well I tried to adapt as much as possible I had no other choice I knew that this is their home and um, I really tried to do my best not to stand out in a bad way you know to be polite to smile and to be kind you know and, and everything however when after I came back after one conference and um, I kind of understood that the mother of the family said something like oh my god she's back ready uh, and again, and then I see her here in the in the bathroom because I learned some Turkish at that time. Well, and okay, she, and she started shouting at me so loud, Ooh. and um, I thought I don't know what to do. But I decided to pack my bags because I had one week remaining, and I just left. I called some of the friends that I already made for the project. I, I knew I can trust them. They're also from organization, and I just asked, "Can I stay with them?" Because my my sanity and my emotional state at that time was at really. Rich. And I was even talking to my parents and crying and saying, oh, my God, (laughs) what did I do? You know, but these experiences, this experience especially made me stronger, you know, and it's taught me that, yes, sometimes in life we have to adapt. Sometimes in life we have to, you know, put ourselves a bit maybe not necessarily down, but like just simply surrender. But Mm -hmm. there are moments where we have to not necessarily fight back, but to leave the place which doesn't serve us anymore. Right. Because it might seem like traveling and adventures. Are all unicorns and rainbows? But they're not. <laughs> yeah. And especially when we meet different people, and we if we have to stay with them a long time, and it's not vibing, then I think we really need to see what serves us and what's not, and and leave the place so that we we keep our mental state positive at least.
1: All right. See, it's very interesting what you just quoted about uh, the reaction of the mother when you came back, and then you had at certain moment to pack back and then go to some friend that you made on the way. I would like. To take a situation, let's see that we have, for example, an introvert person who comes in this project, in this volunteering project with other people and he has to live in a place he doesn't know and uh, maybe he encounters this kind of situation where the family is kind of maybe not really receptive to that person or having a very kind of, I don't know, harsh Mm -hmm. behavior with that person. How would you feel if you were, for example, in this position as an introvert and how would you kind of try to overcome or deal with that situation and if if into bracket you have not made a lot of friends on the way
0: well that's that's you know a difficult situation but i think it's not about being introvert or extrovert it's simply you know feeling what's what's right for you and what's not and i mean if you are going to certain projects through organizations then i think the way out of that is to talk to someone from that organization and express you know the conditions or or how you're feeling either you know there is something bad physically like i don't know no water or Or, or no electricity, which wasn't in my case, but I'm just, you know, uh, kind of picturing possibilities. Mm -hmm. Or in my case, as it was something emotionally that was bothering me and actually making me feel not needed and not belonging. So I think speaking to the organization and people who organize that, or even to the person of the family who knows English and just expressing, you know, not with a complaint, but from the place of love, like, Hey, I see both sides are not happy. Can we, can we find another way? Because I don't think introverts are the the ones who don't have courage. It's not about that. It's more about, you know, getting your energy from being alone and being maybe inside and reflecting and especially for them, this might bother, right? Because they need a peaceful state. So I would recommend asking for help outside and then uh, taking the courage to have a conversation and, and looking for another alternatives.
1: Okay, that's nice. That's nice. So we are basically talking about adventures, experience that is, you already had around the world. So Apart from Turkey, which I think has been a beautiful experience, which other adventure or travel experience can you tell us that you had already?
0: Oh, I know one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can pick the best ones, yeah. for example.
0: It's my favorite. It's the most juicy. I love it the most. And I think it's highlight of my life, for sure. Okay. But I don't know if it's something what people would expect. But, well, it's my story. So I'll, I'll try, you know. <laughs> Go
1: for it. Go for it. <laughs> to,
0: to make sure it's also useful for other people. So long story short because it has a huge backstory, right? So... You have time, you know. <laughs> Okay. So I got engaged uh, with my current husband, I think, back in 2016. And actually, fun fact, that for each our uh, relationship anniversary, we were going to different city to celebrate. So we were oh, going nice. to Berlin, to Riga, to Madrid, somewhere else. Now I don't remember. And on the fifth anniversary in 2016, we decided to go on Mediterranean and cruise uh, so because it was our dream and then we were saving money for a long time and then this way we would you know visit maybe five or four cities so that also counted to our relationship anniversary kind of tradition and that was the place in the cruise ship where I actually i was asked a question you know will you marry me and we Whoa. we engaged yeah it was it was amazing but uh, it's just the beginning of the story because we were planning our marriage and it seemed everything seemed perfect right we finished universities we had jobs which we actually liked and they were pretty well-paid jobs we were living in the capital of Lithuania Vilnius in my parents apartment which they own and that was pretty comfortable life you know we even managed to save money to buy a huge tv which was the dream of my husband and we're like oh okay you know life is going into places and uh, we decided that we're gonna get married in September 2017 so we were planning everything from that and we were super excited until one day it hit me and I was like wait a second so we finished university we got jobs we have a place where to live now we're gonna get married what's next and we're like what kids uh just live your life you know pay taxes and that's it and what else is there to life and I got scared you know I really got scared and I thought oh my god I thought life is a bit more than that and I'm not saying that it's bad journey right it's very good journey for people who want this journey i didn't i was scared you know i was like I want something more, and um, I think the tipping point was when I went to my boss and said that I need vacation for my honeymoon, and we had a dream of okay. my husband, and and we had a dream of my husband to come back to the United States of America for our honeymoon because we were visiting it in two thousand thirteen for Work and Travel USA, we were cleaning houses, toilets, tons of toilets you can't imagine.
1: <laughs> wow! Uh,
0: just just for the sake of earning money and later on traveling around East Coast but West Coast was still unknown for us so that's why we said we're going to come back and uh, and honeymoon sounded as a perfect example for that not example occasion for that and then I said to my boss you know I need 3 to 4 weeks of vacation and I hope it's okay and can we agree on something because you know it's my honeymoon etc and my boss said no said 4 weeks impossible. 3 weeks maybe we can arrange. And I remember I got back home and I'm like, it's not fair. You know, it's not that my job is something that if I don't do it for a week something falls apart. It can be rescheduled and I was like, I really hate it. And uh I think just for fun I said, what if we quit our jobs? And my husband uh, at that time my fiance said, yeah, actually I was thinking about mine as well. I like it, but it's getting boring. Maybe we should quit our job. And you know what? We did.
1: <laughs> wow. So,
0: uh this This conversation happened in July 2017 and in September, beginning of September, we both quit our jobs that we were working for approximately two years or more. In the middle of September, we got married. And in the end of September, we boarded the plane to United States of America for our honeymoon with one-way ticket. Apartment rented out, all our things being brought to parents' home. We left everything behind with no clue if or when we're going to be back. We just knew we have a plan for a month and then we have an open ticket. Okay. So, so that was something that, you know, was um, for me, it was very different it was you know totally changing the the route you know totally doing something that nobody i guess expected of us and just being free so this is how we went to our dream honeymoon i would say
1: but what was that
0: so i think what was that exactly wasn't that much you know of importance as of decision of actually quitting everything and leaving behind but we went for three weeks road trip around seven national parks and visiting three cities uh, we we were we rented the car And actually what we selected to do is not to book any accommodations in advance Mm -hmm. and just drive and see where the sun is setting and where we should end up. And we didn't have like SIM card with data. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. Now I have no clue. (laughs) Okay. But what we would do, imagine like we look at each other and like, let's say my husband says, okay, I'm pretty lazy to drive. I can drive maximum 30 minutes more. And then I say, maybe I can drive one hour more. And then we calculate approximately where we are going to end up? And then we are looking in our gps for mcdonald's or starbucks or something okay with the hope to find wi-fi and when we end up there then we start looking for accommodation for that night Wow! so that was pretty adventurous, and in some cases sometimes we didn't find wi-fi then we would freak out and we would ask for help but also that was something that connected us a lot and even though it was uncertainty we had a lot of freedom to travel because we didn't depend on location at all okay mm, and and this uh, this adventure is my Mind, I think led us to live um, also in a RV. You know these like uh, little old um, kind of houses on on wheels. Yeah, and the mobile it, home. Yeah, and it was like super old school in nature, in the middle of nowhere, nobody around, and that was very lovely situation. You know, like it was totally different, and we found it, and we discovered, it, and we just decided to live there. Or the other night uh, we couldn't find accommodation around mm, around Grand Canyon in in the US, okay. and. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we tried to check all the camp uh, places because we had a tent and mattresses, but everything was booked. And they're like, "We have no place." And we're like, "What do we do?" And then they told us that they have an official camp place, which is not, you know, secured, but we can still put our tent and live there. So we mm-hmm. thought it's amazing. We're gonna have adventure. And imagine we were building our tent for maybe half an hour. Then we went for sunset, and then we came back with a car. We couldn't find our tent for thirty minutes. <laughs> Because it's just so dark. And then when we decided to, you know, lit the fire and sit around, we realized how dark it is around. And like we Mm see nothing and nobody. And it's just the forest. We have no clue what kind of animals are there. And then we freaked out. So we ended up sleeping in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But yeah, basically, you know, like this, this trip was also full of like... Random things from pretty fancy hotels in Las Vegas because they're super, super cheap to, you know, Mm -hmm. sleeping in the car just because we were afraid to sleep in the tent. And, uh, that was very interesting experience. And then after that, we went for Caribbean cruise, which again, probably sounds very expensive, you know, and luxurious. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Kind of. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But prices are super reasonable. I think we pay like $400 for seven nights where you have all food covered, all, you know, all meals covered everything, so... That is awesome. That's amazing. I have to tell you. (laughs) And you know, it ended up, all of this ended up when we were super confused what to do next. Because you know what people think when you have freedom? (laughs) Okay. You have, you know, nothing that keeps you. We still had a little bit of money and we're like, but what do we do now? We fulfilled our plan and uh, we can still stay in the U.S. for two months or we can go somewhere. We can go home. And then we were lost. And actually this unlimited freedom got us confused. Hughes. and I remember a lot of stress because you kind of can do anything but also you don't know what you want to do okay so what we ended up doing is just renting Airbnb in Miami and just living there like people would live you know properly mm-hmm. we would be cooking we would be reading I started thinking about jobs I thought I would love to be unemployed for forever but two months passed and I'm like what do I do I want to impact the world
1: <laughs> yeah
0: so so actually being in Miami I applied for Mind Valley. And for this job in, in Malaysia But we, we lived in Miami for one more month And then we're like just you know what I guess we should be back for Christmas to Lithuania And then we got back Even though we didn't have where to live We didn't have a job We didn't have any plans We're just like hi guys We actually came back earlier th- than we thought But we were okay with that Because that was our journey You know our experience
1: That's beautiful That's fantastic actually So yeah you mentioned one I think also big point into your life experience the Mind Valley and the new job in Malaysia. So, how was your experience? Did it take you traveling? Or how was your experience with the Mind Valley? And was it that big next step that you had after this confusion you had in your trip, your honeymoon trip?
0: Yeah, I would say that was, you know, very big step. Because from honeymoon trip, we came back home to Lithuania and we stayed maybe four months or so. And I was still in application process, and I didn't know whether I'm gonna be accepted or not, but as being so adventures, we decided that if the answer is yes, we're moving to Kuala Lumpur. If the answer is no, we're still moving to Asia with, again, one-way ticket. We just uh-huh. didn't know where. But okay. I really love that we had this agreement with me and my husband, like both of us. And we we're just like, you know what? The most important thing is that we are together and all the rest, we're gonna figure it out. So I got accepted. And this is how we ended up in, in Kuala Lumpur, in the hub of I think a lot of Asian Asia flights and generally with very good access to any other countries here around plus super beautiful Malaysia.
1: Wow, that's fantastic. During while you were just talking I, I could feel that despite the different um, adventures of uh, India adventures despite the challenges and everything there was one thing that came out just like with this unlimited freedom you had this kind of happiness whatever situation you, you were just facing and uh, just tell us actually how come what is this mindset that you have how did you build that actually?
0: So interesting you asked that. Thank you. I don't know how I build that, but I guess it's this understanding that it's our life. Mm -hmm. And it sounds It might sound cheesy or too mainstream, but honestly, for this life, for this exact life, we have only one life. We don't know what's gonna happen next. In maybe one moment that I can also illustrate about this, you know, my attitude towards life or this perspective. I remember when we were driving um in our honeymoon trip on our on West Coast, and it was very nice in California and like amazing landscape. And I looked Mm -hmm. at my husband and I said, you know what? People say when you get married, nothing changes. Maybe. why to get married but I said like I think one thing changed that you know I told that I'm gonna love you and be with you forever at least I believe that so now so now there's no more point in endless or useless arguing there's no more point in keeping angry for a day there's no more point in putting my ego more than our you know relationship because I made a choice I want to be with you forever so why would I use this time being angry on you when I can be loving and happy with you and i think that yeah. this is something that we can take to our lives as well why would we decide to hang on challenges in a negative perspective and keep in our inner critics and self-blame and sh- self-shame or blaming everyone around when instead we can just be happy or appreciate things or learn things or just build resilience because i think it's always a choice and my my favorite you know thing about happiness is that i believe happiness is a choice no no matter of your circumstances and then you choose you choose the way you want to live you want to live a miserable life go ahead it's pretty you know easy <laughs> you want to choose a yeah. happy life it's also easy yeah I think it's it's about the choice and knowing that it's up to you
1: wow that's inspiring actually because a lot of people in the world of course they are in the comfort zone and some of them are lacking this what we call the happiness and tr- struggle mm-hmm. struggle somehow to to find this happiness with so many we say sorrows and stuff kind coming into the mind, depression and everything. Well, what would you tell them, those people struggling who still want to to go out of the comfort zone, even if it is crossing the doorstep or going in the countryside or whatever, going for an adventure or anything. How do you think they can also try to build up this this happiness happiness mindset?
0: Well, if people really are facing depression, then I would highly recommend them asking for help and talking to specialists because it's you know it's very important thing that we don't um, we don't just treat it as oh this is something you know that's nothing. No, it's it's very serious thing and people. People should get help, I think. You know, and talk to to psychiatrists and psychologists and everything. But mm-hmm. let's say if um, if people don't have this, you know, uh, as a condition, etc., and they just are, you know, stuck in their living room i think they can just go in front of the mirror and ask themselves like look like how i would look into myself right i would say hey greta are you i are you really happy now and then if it's a yes amazing right enjoy even if you mm-hmm. are not traveling at all even if you're yeah living you know just simple life not a simple it's also awesome life right you're just staying at your place live uh, working uh, in one place for maybe 10 years but if you're happy do that you know do you but if your answer is i think i'm not then and take the step because nobody else is gonna do it for you. And it's, it's simple as that. Everybody is, you know, busy thinking about themselves. Everybody's busy trying to chase something for themselves. And nobody is coming to make your life better. It's, it's just you. So I think you can either stay in front of that mirror and say, I am not happy and I'm staying there. Or you can say, I'm gonna take a step out of that door and mm-hmm. look into happiness. Or at least not take a step sit down and meditate <laughs> and look for happiness within you know because that's also the key to that
1: wow but isn't it too scary maybe maybe with your experience that you you had in your life with ISEC, with Mind Valley, and some other things uh, maybe it sounds easy but maybe for some other people it's just scary it's it can be scary sometimes I've met people who actually could feel a little bit care about taking the bold step, do you think, is there anything that they need to do by themselves or they can be influenced somehow by an external force that can help them taking this bold step?
0: You know, if you ask people around me, if I'm brave and courageous, I think everybody would say yes. Okay. But I have to tell like, and I'll tell a bad word, but I'm scared of shit. It. I'm scared of shit of everything, you know? And I'm really scared of making wrong decision. I'm scared of making, you know, people sad or mad around me. I'm scared of making mistake. I'm scared of, you know, what others will think when I tell that, oh, I'm happiness coach. This, this, you know, it's weird. It sounds weird. <laughs> But the thing is that I don't think you first become not scared and then you take a step. I don't think that you become super confident and then you start changing your life. It's vice versa. Mm -hmm. You are taking your step and you see how your fears are running away. And I think the biggest strength is to actually be afraid and still do it. And it's about action, 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 because... Back in 2019, I remember when I was reflecting that year, my highlights were self doubt, you know, a lot of hesitation and not knowing what I, I mean, kind of knowing what I want, but being afraid to do this because of number of reasons. And then I said, okay, I want my 2020 to be about action. And I realized that 2020 was about action. And just because of that, you know, being still afraid, but taking the step, I managed to, you know, create My 12 weeks happiness program, not because I wasn't afraid, but because I was afraid, I I faced so many fears and everything, but I'm like, okay, what's Mm -hmm. the smallest step I can take now? Smallest, tiniest, least hurting step. I take that step. I look back and I ask myself, Greta, do you like this progress? I'm like, of course. And I say, so take another step. And that's constant internal dialogue. You know, if your uh-huh. internal dialogue is like, you're not enough, you're not worth it, you can do it, it's impossible, then you might get stuck there. So I think the first step is to change your dialogue. You're afraid? It's okay. Tell yourself, it's okay. We're going to do it. We can do it, you know? Just one step at a time. One step and let's feel the progress. So it's wow, internal work. That's
1: cool. Yeah. It reminds me of the beautiful song from Jordan Spock, One Step at a Time. Oh yeah, true. True, <laughs> yeah. true. true. <laughs> yeah, you see that? <laughs> so basically, traveling and adventure are a source of happiness somehow and for a lot of people. But due to the pandemic, as we are right now in this situation, people can't really, really have this big happiness It and... I mean touch it. And in your opinion, what do what can they do to still enjoy every moment within this pandemic situation?
0: I'll tell you. You uh-huh. can be miserable in your apartment around four walls, and you okay. also can be miserable at the beach. It's not about sure. that. Sure. I I, okay. I understand that it's easier to feel <laughs> the you know, the moment of adventure or or the traveling and feel free or, or feel something different. But then if we can do it, the question is what we can do with the time. I that we got maybe you know we can learn different hobbies or or instruments or some art things that we never had time for maybe we can create certain projects with which we can change the world maybe we can look back into our communities and help them with our skills let's say maybe if we're web developers we can help to develop their website for free on if we're social media specialists we can help you know them to develop their social media page or we can start a podcast right or something but i think To put the meaning into this, instead of going out there, let's say, in a way to consume adventures, why don't we shift into creating some experiences or adventures for other people? even if it's online. Mm -hmm. So I think when we stop asking, you know, what's for me, what's for me, kind of in a selfish way, but then thinking, can I create something for others? In this case, by spreading happiness, we also can double it. And then both those people and us can, you know, and then kind of make our time, this more time that we have
1: meaningful. Yeah. Kind of like the law of attraction, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'll start doing my own now. (laughs) I'll check myself first in the mirror. Hey, Karim. Are you happy? Um, let's see. I'll, I'll just give you a feedback later about okay, that.
0: Okay. I can't wait to hear that.
1: <laughs> sure. So yeah, um, now I'm sure you have now different activities that you're just uh, running and things you are just doing. Maybe you can take this opportunity to go through some of these, for example.
0: You mean what I do now? generally yeah yeah Yeah. well so i lead the amazing team in mind valley uh, Mm -hmm. and actually i'm super passionate about leadership and team culture so i'm looking for every opportunity not to not only to kind of serve my team but also take those learnings and see what's working and and share on linkedin so i'm pretty active there in terms Mm -hmm. of you know workplace culture team culture and i really enjoy sharing these moments what's what's working what's not with, with others and you know helping them to find value in that so that's my main job and then I um, I'm a happiness coach so I have my Mm -hmm. own 12 weeks uh, program for happiness which is you know all about exercises and self-reflection and coaching sessions and also group coaching sessions and uh, it makes me very happy because I see a lot of meaning in that and a lot of worth Mm -hmm. and then yeah as you said in the beginning I'm also uh, leading Zumba classes (laughs) yeah that's cool I started doing this actually during lockdown in spring where I wanted to do physical classes but then lockdown happened and at first I thought oh my god it's a sign that I shouldn't do it but then you either see obstacles or you see opportunities so I finally mm-hmm. saw opportunity to teach online and now I think I, I taught maybe around 100 lessons mm-hmm. online and I'm wow. just uh, very happy because I exercise I burn my calories I have fun and I spread that around so it's one of my favorite Sunday evening classes
1: Activities. wow and you are happy which is the most important thing
0: i'm very happy from that yes <laughs>
1: yeah share that happiness with us we are so happy we i'm sharing my happiness somehow yeah i'm uh, not a coach of zumba but i can teach some african moves
0: Ooh, Move. amazing. <laughs> oh my god i would love to learn some
1: <clears throat> well i need to start training first <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, that's interesting. That's interesting. You know what, Greta? I think we are we are just having an amazing um, discussion and uh, I think it's super beautiful that you can really share those those moments you already had from your journey, which started in Lithuania and then now in Malaysia, which is something pretty far as a distance, but still with the dots, we could connect a little bit how you went from point A to point Z, which is super beautiful. But then I think my nomad before they, they leave that episode. Um, Maybe you can take this time and really give recommendations or things that you would like to tell them. As every individual, what should they do for example, and um, how should they build this mindset? How should they grab maybe adventure and traveling and happiness all together? Put them in a ball. What recommendation do you have for our beautiful nomads? Mm. Yeah, I know it's big, right? <laughs> it's
0: big. Yeah, give me a second. I'll just, uh, I'll just think. There's so much in my mind. The first thing that came is no matter where you are. And how much you can travel, or whatever you can do, practice mm-hmm. gratitude. It it has been a game changer for me. I gratitude practice is for the past five six years with me every day. And um, when actually you appreciate what you already have. Um, you kind of send energy towards that and uh, where your focus is your energy flows and that means you're kind of sending the sign to the universe that you want to have more of that so if you can just start every day you know with thinking what am i grateful for and not only for the world or your workplace but also for yourself you can actually emphasize those good things and kind of send good vibrations into your day and and set that up and the second thing would be to set your intentions for the day as well like how do you want yourself To be showing up in the world, how you want your day to look like, you know, where you want to shift your attention, what depends on you? Let's say that you choose to be positive or you choose to be focused today or, you know, you're going to actually uh, spread kindness today to other people. And this is a game changer because instead of just letting the day flow on its own, you're actually setting intention and you're like, you know what? The date is going to be like this. So I think these two things are the key things that, uh, you know, you can do every morning. It doesn't cost anything, just few minutes of your time, but it can shift your life tremendously, in my opinion. And maybe third thing, last one, for, for all adventurers and everything, look for opportunities. And, you know, if, if people are asking, you know, something like, oh, why me? Why now? Why not you? You know, and just think. Okay, what can I create out of the situation? How can I use it? What can I get to learn from it? And instead of destruction, try to focus on creation, and and then just see the magic. Yeah,
1: see the magic. Thank you for this beautiful word. I think that's really is closing very well that um, this beautiful statement that you just gave. So Greta, how can My Nomad or any person listening to that episode or this podcast can really connect with you? You
0: can connect with me over LinkedIn or, or okay. Instagram, which is uh, Greta Kessa in both. You know, it's my name and mm-hmm. last name. Okay. And also, I, I am creating my newsletters, email newsletters. And for now, you can can sign up for them when going to www.gretakesa.com. It's still not finished website. I don't know when it's going to finish, but I'm picking my battles. You know, I'm focusing my attention somewhere (laughs) else, but you can still sign up for my newsletters there and just, you know, get some inspiration and also connect with me. I would love to hear from you as well.
1: Yay. Great. Thank you so much, Greta, Kesa, for joining our episode today. It was a beautiful journey. I really liked any moments that we had in the conversation. Thank you for coming and I hope you really liked it.
0: Thank you. I love, thank you for your questions and thank you for listening, everyone.
1: Hey, my dear Nomad. Hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Please visit our website for more stories and experiences and adventures. And also please leave a comment or a review. That could be grateful. We love you. Take care of yourself and see you on the next episode of African Nomad Podcast.